Why are you baptized? What does baptism mean? I want to address a few things about baptism, and I think we need to come to understand it. I found in the first reading and the second reading profound insights. Let's start with the second reading. The first words can be misunderstood. It starts out by saying, the truth I have now come to realize is that God does not have favorites, but that anybody of any nationality who fears God and does what is right is acceptable to him. It is true, God sent his word to the people of Israel, and it was them that the good news of peace was brought by Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ is the Lord of all men. Now, sometimes people hear this and they think that it's saying Everyone is okay of any religion, culture, place. And in reality, this text is not saying that. Let's walk through it. Cornelius, touched by the Lord, leads him and his whole family um, to pray. And they begin to conform themselves to the Jewish law. So they believe in Yahweh, they believe in uh, the adoration of the one true God. Peter receives a vision that he should go to them, and he doesn't want to go. But the Lord insists. He didn't want to go because they're not Jews. The Lord insists. He goes, and he discovers there that the Lord is really working in their midst. And he discovers that the Gentiles are already receiving the Holy Spirit. So, in fact, they are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And in seeing that they're filled with the Holy Spirit, he says, well, if the Holy Spirit's already there, all the more should we be baptizing them. And so then he goes all the way and baptizes them. And so far from saying that it's okay wherever you're at. It's saying, God is already working in your heart, whether or not you're baptized. And if God is really working in your heart and you're conforming your life to him, that leads you into baptism. And then he sees that the Holy Spirit works in them and he baptizes them. And note too, he doesn't evangelize the little children. He evangelizes the dad. And when Cornelius is converted, his whole family is baptized. Little children, um, servants or slaves, everybody is baptized. That's an important biblical text for uh, infant baptism. Now, going forward, there is a great responsibility to baptize. Now, can God work in a heart of someone who hasn't known God or hasn't known Jesus Christ? Yes, of course. Cornelius shows us that, that before he's baptized, he already receives. Now, he was starting to believe already, but if it's through no fault of your own, yes, of course, that's possible. But that doesn't take away the burden of Peter nor their burden to search for the truth and to discover Christ. All are called to be baptized. 
uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1257, says, Baptism is necessary for salvation for those to whom the gospel has been proclaimed and who have had the possibility of asking for this sacrament. Nicely worded. And it goes on, it says, The Church does not know of any means other than baptism that assures entry into eternal beatitude. That is why she takes care not to neglect the mission she has received from the Lord, to see that all who can be baptized are reborn of water and the Spirit. God has bound salvation to the sacraments, but he himself is not bound by these sacraments. It's nicely worded, and I would encourage you to go back and read that paragraph. Again, it's 1257. Now, baptism, necessary for salvation. In the gospel today, you see a couple things I want to bring out. John the Baptist, first of all. John the Baptist, he... um, He's not worthy to untie the sandals, meaning he's already recognizing that this is the Son of God. How is he not worthy to untie the sandals? That would only be true if this person has something of the divine in him. For he's basically saying he's not even worthy to be a slave. And it also shows the great humility. John was out in the desert and he was baptizing. He was baptizing all people, anyone that would come. And in baptizing all people, he was preparing their hearts by bringing them to repentance. Now, at that moment, the heavens will open up when he baptizes Jesus. It literally, in Greek, will say schizo, which is a term from which we get also the words like schizophrenic, um, torn, open, is what it means. And the heavens, in this case, are torn open. And the Father appears, and he says, this is my beloved Son. Now, it's really important, because this kind of phraseology, this rapport between schizo and huios, or son, is going to reappear at the crucifixion, when he tears open the veil of the temple, giving access to everybody to the veil of the temple, right at the moment when Jesus dies. And the soldier says, truly this is the Son of God. And so it's drawing a direct line between the baptism and the crucifixion. For in this baptism, he is buried deep in the waters of the Jordan, and he comes out that new man. Now, Jesus himself, he changes the waters rather than is changed by the waters. He makes baptism spirit-filled, and so that baptism actually has a power of its own. But nevertheless, he also shows in this Baptism, at least Mark shows in this baptism, that there's a direct line between the baptism and the death. He also is going to say, um, when the apostles ask to drink the cup that he is to drink, he, he will say, are you willing to be baptized with the baptism of which I'm going to be baptized? Which refers to his crucifixion. He speaks of his crucifixion as a baptism. And really, 
baptism is seen to be uh, this offering of his whole life to God, the death and resurrection, the living already of the cross. And so it is with you. When you are baptized, you are born into Christ, we say. But if you look at Romans chapter 5, you die with Christ and you rise with Christ. Actually, it's chapter 6, 6 verses 4 and 5. You die with Christ and you rise with Christ. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12, 20 and following, you're going to find baptism is the way that you enter into the body of Christ and that we live of Christ. And so baptism itself is going to be seen in that first reading as the way we enter into the covenant with Christ. The first reading is Isaiah 42, and it's the suffering servant. And we see why now, because of the cross, they chose the suffering servant. Now, he is really going to bring justice to the nations. But how is he going to bring justice to the nation? He will be a covenant for all the peoples. And how is he a covenant for all the peoples? Baptism. Remember, sacrament means oath. And it is in the sacrament of baptism that he becomes that sacramental oath that binds a covenant, that marriage bond with our soul with God. So, having said all of this, I encourage you to renew your baptism. I encourage you today to ask the Lord to help you to live of your baptism every day. And also to see that great responsibility that we have to have our children baptized, to lead our friends into baptism, to let it be known that Christ is truly alive and that we are called to live of his word. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.